how's it going, y'all? Welcome to 25% No Ice. My name is Megan, and I'm here to share my life with you 30 minutes at a time. We're gonna talk all about college life, growing up, and everything in between. So sit back, get your favorite bobas, and let's spill some tea. What is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of 25% No Eyes. The Polytechnic is the second pathway one can take after secondary school in Singapore. It comes from the Greek words poly, which means many, and techni, which means art or skill. Compared to a JC, they focus on applied skills training more so than the junior colleges. And in recent times, they are a very popular choice for O-level graduates. There are five of them here in Singapore, and they offer three-year diploma-level courses. Today, our guest is quite unique. We have Iken, who is not a current student in a poly, but a recent graduate. But the reason we have him on is that he is still actively involved in his poly CCA, and having gone through the system, he would be able to provide a unique perspective on the life of a poly student in Singapore. So, without further ado, hi Iken! Hi. All right. Um, Iken, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, like a brief introduction? What are you doing now? Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, my name is Iken, and uh, I am currently studying in SIM University of London's um data science and business analytics. So basically, what we do is like we deal with all those numbers, artificial intelligence, that kind of stuff. Uh, a bit dry, but um. Uh, my side hobby is actually singing, so I'm also in the S Premier Singing Club in SIM. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and that's how we met each other because <laughs> Iken was my, my my music director last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Megan was actually a pretty good uh, fit for the role. Uh, yeah, her her role was this girl called Rachel. It was pretty interesting. Um, if you guys want to catch it, maybe y'all can go and take a look at The Perfect You on S Premier Singing Club's uh, YouTube page. <laughs> Thanks for the plug! Alright, but we're not going to talk about our singing club because today we're talking about poly life. So Iken, can you tell us when did you graduate from poly and which poly did you come from? Okay, yeah. So I actually graduated from poly four years back in uh, 2016 so I was from Singapore Polytechnic and uh, yeah uh, it's been four years now okay so which course did you take in poly uh, I took a diploma in international business but uh, it's kind of sad because the course is no longer here anymore what <laughs> um, I yeah I was the second last batch because apparently they deem it to be uh, a course that can be fused with business administration. No? So they kind of removed the course. La. But our diploma is still valid. Okay, okay. All right. Now I want to know, why did you um, take upon this course? Because you're such an artsy person. So why are you in the business world? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, okay, so it was a, a semi-interesting story. Okay. Okay, so um, uh, last time when I graduated from uh, high school, uh, from secondary school, I got a raw score uh, for poly. La. I got a raw score minus CCA of 7 points. So with 7 points, uh, I actually had two choices that I really wanted to go. Because um, 
uh, I wanted to go for biomedical science. Ooh, but um, big brain stuff. <laughs> yeah, I used to love chemistry and math, lah. And then, because this international business was actually the lowest rank point course, which means like kind of exclusive, lah. But like. Is the course with the lowest O level score? My father also recommended to me that uh, business would be a better fit because you get to talk to a lot of people and stuff. So I was thinking about it. Okay, since I have a score of seven, and the course itself is seven points, biomedical was uh, nine points lah at that time. Yeah, for O levels, the lower the score, the better lah. I was thinking whether or not uh, I should go for biomedical science or international business. So with a score of seven points, I just applied for international business first, then biomedical science. So I sort of let the the fate play by itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in the end, uh, it became international business, lor. Okay. Uh, all right. So for you guys who don't know what scores are we talking about, basically in O level, if uh you have lower score like Ikin mentioned, uh that means you have better grade. So like the grading system, how they work is that if you get A, there'll be A one and A two, and if you get B, B three and B four, and so on and so forth. So as the number get bigger, that means your grade is getting worse. So that's why the lower the total number is, the better it is for you. That means uh, you know you get into harder courses or more competitive courses later on in your poly. So okay, I know that you are in your um, in CCA in poly as well. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and why you're so active in it? Oh yeah, actually, I would say CCAs are like the highlight of poly because other than academics, there's actually quite a lot of free time, and yeah, it's at the age where you start to figure more about life other than just studies. So I think CCA was really really important for me. Mm-hmm. I joined my CCA by chance, actually. Okay, so you played a lot of things by chance, like even your course as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. My life is basically by chance. I don't know. It's like a semi by chance, semi decisive. Would you consider yourself a happy go lucky guy? Yeah, kinda. You could say so. Okay, makes <laughs> sense. All right, go on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there was this uh CCA carnival. I think it was in May or something. So. At that point, we just started all of our classes, and we just got to know our classmates. During class, I used to sing a little bit, and my classmates were like, "Hey, uh, you can sing quite well." And I'm like, "Uh, uh, thanks, ah." <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, um, during the CCA fair, I was walking with my classmates, and then they saw this. SP Vocal Talents, which is basically an a cappella group lah. At that time, I didn't know what an a cappella group was. I just thought it was singing. Then, uh, my friends they just told me like, "Hey, Ikin, uh, you should go and sign up for this one ah." So they pushed me to the booth all the way to the front. I was like, <laughs> "All right, I'm a I'm a do this." So I went to sign up uh for the CCA ah, and I tried out for the auditions. So I was one of the. Lucky forty five out of three hundred to get in. Ooh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, cause and that was like a pretty big boost to my confidence. Ah, cause you know, at that age, we are all still, uh, trying to find out like stuff relating to self worth, self confidence, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So 
at that point, I was like, oh, damn, I have a future, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, then, <laughs> then I, I realised that, hey, it's an acapella CCA, and everything was just using our voices. Law. So that kind of got me interested, and I was pretty... I would say I'm pretty okay with uh, vocal-related stuff. I sort of got more and more committed to the CCAs, the whole workings of the CCA, lah, because... Uh, for a cappella groups, there's a lot of bonding between groups as well as singing. So it's like a double plus point kind of thing. So I really loved it. Lor. What was the commitment like though? Because you said that CCA is like a big thing in poly. So if it's, if the I'm, I'm guessing the commitment will be pretty high, then how did you juggle it with your school related things? Uh, I used to study in a business course. Yeah, so in poly, right? Uh, depending on the course you are studying, uh, schedules vary pretty differently. So for me, I'm from a business course, so our schedules are slightly freer than, let's say, engineering courses or life science courses. So if you decide to go to life science or engineering, you really got to focus your time a lot on studies compared to business. For me, I was from a business course, so our schedule is not that tight, Mm-hmm. CCAs were twice a week uh, in the evenings so like 6.30 to 10.30 I think on Tuesdays and Thursdays yeah so it was still pretty manageable uh, until times like concerts okay. that kind where we start to get a little more busy but yeah I, I guess it's all about balancing your work life law, which is something that you learn in polytechnic yeah can you give us a rough picture of what was your schedule like in poly? Like, for example, the courses and um, different kind of modules that you have to take as well. For business courses, actually, our schedules are pretty relaxed. It's like maybe one day we have a, f- a two-hour tutorial, one-hour lecture. Then that's, that's about it. And uh, certain days you might not even have classes. Yeah, but all the schedules are fixed by the school, uh. You don't get to choose schedule, but I guess you just pray for a good schedule. Yeah. And you have five days a week of school? Yeah, five days a week. All right, then I want to also know, what's the culture like in Poli, like your friends, and how did it help you find your interest in a cappella? Oh, okay. So in Polytechnic, the culture is very open compared to secondary school. How so? So in secondary school, there's... um. I wouldn't say fixed, but a pretty standardized way of thinking is mostly, uh, okay, O-levels, uh, study hard, respect teachers, that kind of thing la, where everyone has a fixed path. But when you go to poly, because a lot of things are left to your own devices, uh, so there's no more spoon feeding anymore. A lot of things, are you make your own decisions, you get to see what's right or wrong, then you come to make your own decisions. And there's a lot of people from different walks of life that previously in, uh, in secondary school you would not have seen before. La. People in uh, staying in different places. Uh, like let's say I stay in Sengkang, so... I have friends from like Boon Lay, that kind, all across the island. It's pretty interesting also because you get to see, even though our country is so small, but you get to see different sides of Singapore when you're doing like group projects and stuff together. Yeah. Also, um, yeah, um, the openness uh, helped me decide on my CCA also because, uh, because of this open culture, 
I decided to open my mind to try out new stuff and that's where I started to join the CCA too. Okay, okay. How was your reaction towards this openness in poly? Because I feel like, as you mentioned, in secondary school, you are being handheld by the teachers a lot and your path is pretty much fixed. But in poly, you get to experience a lot and you get to make your own decisions. So how did you adjust to this? Because I'm sure for some people, for or, or if not for most people, it would be quite a shock and it might not be as what you might have expected. Yeah. Yeah, during my year one, year one is actually the hardest phase for anyone from secondary school coming to polytechnic because suddenly a lot of things are not spoon-fed anymore. Like during projects, they do not give you a fixed direction that you have to go to. They just give you a general goal and you have to find your way to achieve that goal. So at first, I was really, really, very lost. I knew that I could not rely on the teachers anymore. Wow, that's when you really start to notice and pay more attention to every line of the assignment given to you to, to find some direction. And uh, yeah, your friends are also important in poly because if you don't know anything, those are your pillars of support. So uh, friends are really, really important in polytechnic. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think I agree with that. Especially, you know, um, at least me in my diploma, Sometimes the teachers don't even help at, help you at all. Your friends would help you more or your materials because like some teachers can be super boring or yeah. talk nonsense every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all have that kind of teachers. La. Okay, so I'm wondering though, so, so for your case, um, you did really well for your O-level. Then why did you go to poly instead of JC? Like what a lot of people think, especially I think like a few years ago, a lot of people thought that, you know, if uh, you are one of those smart ones, then you would go to JC. And if you have good grades, you go to JC. Polys are um, the a little bit lower tier. So yeah, why did you go to poly? Okay, actually, I think that uh, a lot of the older generation still hold that kind of uh, stereotype and prejudice against polytechnics. So I actually go by this quote. I would say that if you want a qualification, go to a junior college. Because it basically takes two years. La. It's a lot shorter than polytechnic. If you are very clear that, um, yeah, I, I want to uh, chop chop finish my education, go to university, get a job, that kind of thing. If you want an education, go to a polytechnic. Because in polytechnic, you learn a lot more than just the stuff that you have uh, in your classes. You learn practical skills, you learn how to speak to people, you learn how to interact with yeah everyone from all walks of life, you gain new experiences, new connections. So I would say my three years in the polytechnic is very fulfilling and uh, for those people who prefer student life i mean you have the rest of your life to work why rush it when you can still enjoy your student life <laughs> yes yeah so i i didn't regret my decision like going to a polytechnic okay okay um so as what i understand i think in poly you would have three years and then the last year you would have um, internships right am i right yeah that's right yeah so uh what was your experience in internship like like um did you manage to get an internship quite easily or was it harder and what sort of internship did you get and 
maybe if you had like overseas internship, you can share a little bit about that or local. Oh, okay. Actually, for our course, we were given an option of whether or not to take an internship or a overseas, like kind of a program kind of thing. Like exchange? Yeah, correct, correct. I didn't pick the exchange because it was kind of expensive. Uh, but they got to travel to three different countries. Like, I think Indonesia, Thailand, and Vietnam. For me, I chose the internship route. For the internship route, uh, they actually have two options also. Whether or not you want to self-source for your internship, uh, which basically means you got to find your own connections, uh, liars with the school uh, to set up your internship, or you just leave it to the school to help you find an internship. Uh. I mean, I, I chose to leave it to the school because I'm, I'm the happy-go-lucky, go-with-the-flow, all-is-well kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the school has more, the school probably have more connection than we do, right? So why not leave it to them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I trust them. For the school internship, they actually gave me this logistical company. It, it was a SME, a small medium enterprise at, at Jurong. So, which was really, really far from my home. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of the downside of leaving it to school because you don't know where they're going to put you and uh, it might be somewhere like damn far away or something. I had to wake up at uh, 7.30 every day. The work was at 9. During our internship, the whole process lasts for three months, I think, from September to December. I actually learned quite a lot on the job. Uh, they, they taught us quite a lot of stuff that we would not have seen when we were in school. A lot of practical stuff. Like, you know, in school when you learn all the by right stuff, and then you go to work and then they, they show you all the by left stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of how it was. La. Like, I was like, oh damn, like, I thought the actual way was supposed to be like this, but they're like, oh no, 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 we do it this way. Yeah, so you get to learn quite a lot of new stuff la, that you don't learn in school kind of a taste of adult life lah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's mm. especially true in terms of a business course because when you're studying business, everything seems like it's quite easy. It's not as yeah. complex and everything is by the book. But then when you go out, it's like almost the opposite yeah, and you just have to navigate yeah. your way. <laughs> Whole different ballgame. <laughs> Alright, then for your internship, uh, did you feel like what you learned in poly were actually being um, applied there? And were they relevant at least, even though they're not 100% um, as accurate? Ah, okay, about that. Um, I would say certain soft skills like presentation skills, uh, this kind of stuff are quite relevant. Like wherever you go, that is something that you can still take with you. But those um, more technical kind of stuff, they do it in a very different way, yeah. Can you give us like a, a vague example? Okay, like for example, my course, we learn a lot of uh, business-related stuff. So as an intern in uh, an actual business company, they might ask you to do stuff like uh, video editing, this kind, where it's completely like unrelated, but semi-related you know yeah it's 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 kind of different depending I, I would say it also depends on the company that you intern in because mine was a small medium enterprise so they need every hand that they can have la. so as an intern I would say from a company's point of view we are like the cheap labor la, you know you get what I mean <laughs> yeah yeah uh, 
if you go to intern in a more multinational corporation, it might be a very different experience law because they have a lot of manpower to expand. So you are someone where they can uh, afford to spend more time to teach you like some insider stuff. Okay. Um. I'm curious about something. As someone who has never gone on an internship before, when I think about internships, uh, like you said, it's cheap labor. Um, and I I would always imagine like you would be doing some menial stuff as well and people would be ordering you around. Is that true in your case? I would say that is uh, semi-true because um, certain stuff like um, those Excel files, admin stuff, they definitely will push it to the interns to do because like if you are higher up, like, like uh, you know, you, you, you don't want to spend so much time on the routine kind of stuff. So you, you usually will push it to la, the interns la. but I would say it's also nice because uh, you get mentored by the more senior people in your company also so you can afford to make mistakes there la, compared to if you really join the job then if you make a mistake then maybe you get fired or that kind of thing yeah, I think as you're coming in as an intern I think they would expect you to make mistakes anyway right yeah yeah okay um, alright now uh, I want to ask you about like if do you have any interesting story that happened in your poly like maybe even achievements and um, your acapella ex- group experience and your achievements there as well in terms of CCA I would say every CCA sesh is an interesting experience because you get to learn different songs every time and then like people go off pitch and then you're like oh damn and a lot of different kind of yeah interesting stuff happen every day like it's not the same every day so in terms of CCA everything is interesting like every time you go for CCA it's gonna be interesting but uh, for school wise it's usually mostly lessons so might be a bit mundane but um, it's the lecturers that make it interesting uh, there was this one lecturer in my polytechnic uh, his name is called Mr. Rajan but uh, he told us to call him by Rajan so like oh hi Rajan that kind of thing you know very western style yeah so he he was wow he's like the kind of lecturer where very unorthodox kind of lecturer firstly he's he's super strict on timing so Whenever, like, the whole class is waiting in the lecture hall for him to come, if even if one person is late, right, even by one second, he will just step out of the classroom. Then the whole lesson, we just don't have any lessons. What? Yeah, he's super, super strict. So during his lessons, well, no one will be late because uh, you don't want to be that guy who causes everyone to not have a lesson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... um. Apart from his strictness, his teaching style is very unorthodox. So, meaning like, let's say if he's teaching a certain topic uh, about like uh, heritage or, or something. Uh, there was this one time uh, he brought us during our lesson to this pineapple tart store at Raffles just to get to know their heritage mm-hmm. and stuff during lesson time. So, that's kind of rare because most lecturers would want to sit down uh, give the slides, you copy the notes, that kind, and, and it's all over. Wait, so you guys actually went to the store? Yeah, 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 we actually did. We got to eat some free pineapple tarts also. La. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. And then it was good. Like I, I, I guess it's sort of like a promotion for the store. So, but uh, yeah, it was interesting lah. The experience. Yeah, I would say it really depends on whether or not your lecturers make it interesting, and uh, also your friends, your group of friends, uh, whether they make your poly life interesting lah. Would you consider friends that you met, uh, in poly are the ones that. Uh, stick with you until today, or maybe even considered the longest. Hmm. Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, actually, for me, I would say I have uh like long term friends from uh most aspects of my life lah. Like in, I have friends from secondary school that are still uh we meet up quite often, and for polytechnic is one of those uh places where you get a lifelong group of friends lah because. When I believe when you start working, things get serious. A lot of agenda. Uh, I feel like friendships are not so pure compared to a time when all you need to do was study and work together to a yeah you know. So I would say poly friendships last a lifetime. So okay, when you mentioned about that teacher yeah. of yours, it kind of reminded me of a lecture that I also had for I think my first. Term in my diploma, so there was this lecturer oh. that I think he adopted the style te- of teaching to a um, a secondary school teacher, I would say. <laughs> so, for example, yeah, when oh, we go damn. to the class and um, whoa, whoa. Uh, we are not we are not allowed to be late. If we are late, he'll just call us out. Like when we come into the room, even though in diploma it's very normal for people to come and go as they like and. People don't really care whether you're late or not.、Uh, it's like your responsibility. The lecturers never care usually. So, <laughs> so for this lecture, he would just stop the lesson, and then he would call out the person that just came into the room and ask that person to sit at the front. <laughs> and oh, damn! Public he... shaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, um, uh, oh, and then like in、uh, in diploma, um, a lot of people would sit at the back, and usually like the first three rows from the front. Would never be filled,、um, but with with him, you are not allowed to sit at the back at all. And so every single lesson, he would already put us inside a group, and um, uh, he would lay out the um the layout of the seats, and then where we're supposed to sit. And I'm like, I'm not in primary school anymore. <laughs> why did you do? Why are you doing this to me? So strict.、Eh? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, he's. He was a management teacher, so you know it's not very heavy on theory.、Um, management is very like common sense sort of stuff, and、um, he would、uh, he he had these like favorite students sort of that ironically are known to be the、um, bad boys in the class. Yeah. So they're like the ones with I'm I'm not. I'm not generalizing, but it just so happened that they had like tattoo, they smoke, and they o- they are always late. Wait, so that that's those are his favorite students. Sort of, they're his favorite student. So he would talk to them the most, and because he knows that they are the less well behaved kids, they he would also call out to them a lot too. Hmm. So like um in the class if uh somewhere along the line like we'll usually ask our friend our left or right um if we miss something on the slide it's very normal right but once we open our mouth and he's still teaching he'll call us out oh 
So you can't speak in class, is it? Yes, and um,、Ooh. he'll he'll just say like, for example, okay, I was called few times, but because I had to answer questions, but he would usually call out these bad boys, um, like I think about five of them, and he would purposely put them in different seats and different groups and different rows of the lecture hall, and then wow, spread spread them out. Yeah,、it? yeah, yeah, because they they would usually sit at the way back and together. Oh damn! Yeah, so so. It's it's kind of funny because、um, I had this one friend who was sitting beside me, and I was assigned to be in that in that person's group, and he was one, part of that gang. So every single time、um, in our group, if if he heard a voice from our group, he would submit him, and so he'll get punished. Even though, for example, like I'm. Oh my god! So sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh dang! It sucks to be him.、Eh? <laughs> But I mean, these kids—they don't really care about him, right? They're not like threatened or anything, so they'll just answer him back, or like we'll make a joke and then we'll laugh about it, and then he'll ask, "Why are you laughing?" And we'll be like,、uh, "Oh, nothing. We just say you're, you're handsome." <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of irony going on in the class most of the time. Oh my god, what a lie! <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was the、um, like the interesting lecturer side part of.、Um, <laughs> My diploma experience. Wow. <laughs> okay.、Um, all right. Now moving on. I want to know if you have any advice for people who are in finishing O levels,、um, because you were from that road, and then maybe they're planning on going to poly. And I think today poly is very competitive, especially like、um, Singapore poly and Yan poly. I think these two are quite competitive. So, do you have any advice on people who are finishing O levels and are planning to go to poly? Okay. Um. Follow your heart. Uh. Choose a course that you like, not a course that uh you can get in. I mean, of course, whether or not you can get into a course is important, lah. Imagine if your the course that you like is like eight points and you're like fourteen, then yeah, it's kind of hard. Another thing is uh maintain an open mindset when you go in because things are not like in secondary school where there's this fixed way of seeing the world fixed lens. Uh, you're gonna see a lot of things that pop out like um maybe you see people who are uh LGBT people who smoke people who have tattoos that kind of thing. So don't hold any prejudices and keep an open mind. So you can meet more people, get more connections. Yeah, and you will enjoy your whole poly life. Um. Lastly, I'm also curious about this. So you came from poly, and a lot of people from poly they would usually go to, um, one of the big unis in Singapore. So why did you decide on SIM? Okay. Uh. Actually, for me, it's more like uh, I, I couldn't get into a. <laughs> Local uni, so I chose SIM. Okay. Yeah, but um, okay. So in polytechnic, uh, how our GPA works is, if your score is like a three point six or above, uh, you have a high chance of getting into a local uni. If your GPA is like a below three point six, or that is the really grey area where, you almost can make it to a local uni, uh. But you might not get it, kind of thing. My GPA was a three point four three eight, so that was kind of kind of close to that grey area, lah. Actually, certain universities they accept quite a big bunch of polytechnic students, such as a SIT or a SUSS. Those kinds they take a look at your 
interviews, uh, your your grades of course are important, but are not the most important part of whether or not you manage to get into a that university lah. So I actually tried out for SIT twice, but uh, I would say my interview I kind of screwed up the interview. So both times I didn't get it lah. So I applied for SIM and I got it lah. I, I did not regret cause uh the CCA and SIM was really fun. I would say it's mostly the CCA that is that makes my uni life fun lah. Okay, and with your current course of study, what kind of job prospect are you looking into and what are your future plans in the near future? Mm, okay, so with my current uh, current degree, uh, I guess the jobs that I can consider after graduation would be like a, a data analyst, stuff that involves dealing with numbers and predictions. Of course, I could also go with my poly diploma, which is international business. So any side of business, mm-hmm. uh, I can also try to apply there. And um, with my side hobby for singing, uh, I plan to make music a side career, like a part-time job kind of thing where uh, if there's gigs, I can take up some gigs and I go busking, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I feel like poly life and uni life both provided a wholesome education, not just a cert. So yeah, I actually have stuff that I can do outside of work. Okay, and for people who are considering to take international business for their diploma, what advice do you have for them? Because I feel like as someone who is also in international business course, it's sort of the second most broad module because compared to like, for example, finance and banking and accounting, um, I mean, Obviously, the one that is the most broad, I would say, is management. But yeah, um, do you have any advice on people who are interested to take international business? Okay, firstly, I would like to say I did not know that you were from international business also. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I really didn't know. Okay, yeah, but um, I would say for people who decide on international business, it's not a bad thing because uh, as you said just now, uh, business courses are really broad. So if you don't really know what you want to do yet, but you want to go to a polytechnic to experience the whole life there, uh, I would say international business is just as good as any other uh, business course uh, in the sense that uh, you get to see stuff from a broader perspective and then when you want to choose a job, you have a lot more choices to choose from instead of like fixed direction to go. Okay, that's um, that's good. I remember like when I had my orientation for my international business course, a lot of the lecturers were telling us, like they were showing us the percentage and the data of people who fail this course or this module and etc. And they were saying that international business students are the ones that are better in terms of qualitative um, sort of module uh, compared to a quantitative one. And like the data showed that too. So now you're in something that focuses more on the quantitative. So do you agree with this statement that was delivered by my lecturers? <laughs> I would say what they say actually makes some sense because uh, usually business people are very, like, like what you said, qualitative uh, in a sense that as long as you're able to justify something, it is right, you know, 
It's not like a mm. right means right, wrong means wrong kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's kind of true. Okay, yeah, I had this one lecturer as well previously. He would ask us a lot of questions. Like when we were asked questions, he would expect us to answer. But the thing is that a lot of the answers turns out to be, quote, depends and for us that was like what <laughs> because we came from secondary schools right and in secondary school a is a b is b and then now you're like depends what the heck yeah 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 it's, it's really 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 true like if like those uh exam questions are also not like a fixed a is a b is b kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, before we close off, do you have any last, I don't know, like last words for our listeners out there who is listening right now? Again, I repeat my quote. If you want a qualification, go to JC. If you want an education, go to a polytechnic. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to write that down. <laughs> All right. Now, before you go, we have this thing called questions in a minute. So basically, I would ask you random questions and you have to try to answer them in one minute and we'll see how many questions you can get. Sounds good? Oh, dang it. All right. Okay, I'm going to start the timer in three, two, one. Do you like videos or podcasts better? I like videos. What are you listening to at the moment? I'm listening to uh, your voice. <laughs> favorite weather favorite weather sunny days favorite cuisine uh, 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 Taiwanese if you're a cereal what cereal are you oh, fruit loops <laughs> favorite music genre pop ideal holiday destination uh, island ideal pet dog who is your role model my dad what's your childhood ambition inventor if you're an ice cream flavor what flavor are you mm, chocolate extreme hot or extreme cold extreme hot <laughs> All right, and that's it. You have it. <laughs> you have 12 questions in one minute. Was that good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good, though. What was the average? I think the average um, is around 10, I would say. Yeah, so you did well. Nice. <laughs> okay, so for you guys who are listening right now, you can follow Ikien on Instagram. And yeah, would you like to plug in like your acapella group, your Instagram and everything? Oh, uh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, so my Instagram is... Uh, Empty sets, E M P T Y S E T S. That's my Instagram. So I, I post a lot of music related stuff, singing, beatboxing. And uh, I have this a cappella group. You can check them out also. We do a lot of pretty nice covers and we accept song requests. So it's called New Recording 47, N E W R E C O R D I N G 47, the digits 47. Okay, and lastly, I've always wanted to ask you this question, but I don't know I, why I never asked it, but why is your Instagram name Empty Sets? <laughs> I saw it coming. Because <laughs> like, okay, so <laughs> guys, like like in, in S Premier, he would hold these keys and they also said Empty Sets. I'm like, what's wrong? What, what's up with this guy like with Empty Sets? <laughs> Secretly judging. <laughs> no, I'm not judging. I'm just... It's my first time hearing Empty Set. Okay, yeah. So so how I got the name was... You know, uh, Instagram started becoming semi-popular back in like 2012... 2011-2012, that period. So uh, during that period, uh, I just learned this uh, 
this thing in math called sets and Venn diagrams. I don't know if uh, you guys Oh remember. my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was this term called empty sets, which basically meant like uh, an empty set, literally, with nothing inside. Yeah. So at that point of time, uh, uh, I was thinking of what username to, to put. So... At the point in life, you know, adolescence, uh, mood swings, that kind of thing. <laughs> so at the point, I was thinking like, oh my god, life is so empty. So I was like, all right, empty sets then. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it had something to do with music. No, and it, ugh, I was just young and naive. It just stuck. It was a nice name. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know, it turns out it came from math. Oh my gosh. <laughs> were you that nerdy when you were younger? Uh, yeah, I, I was. I used to wear these thick black specs and uh, I didn't bathe when I go to school, so my hair was always oily. <laughs> yeah, like the typical, yeah, nerdy boy. <laughs> Alright, then. Alright, thank you so much for coming. I really enjoyed ha- having you here in our podcast. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> Alright, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe if you'd love to spend some quality boba time with me. And you can find 25% No Eyes on Spotify and Google Podcast or wherever you get your podcast from. You can email us at 25sugar0eyes, that's 25 and 0 in numerical form. And feel free to reach us via email if you'd love to be a guest on our podcast or if you know someone that would love to be here. Lastly, follow me on Instagram at Megan Bahar and I'll write that down at the description box. This podcast is produced by Megan Bahar and co-produced and edited by Everest. See you on the next episode.